the Lord be with you. And also with you. Just sit, please. Today, as we celebrate St. Luke, let's, let's think about him together. The New Testament tells us that Luke was a great traveller. He went along with St. Paul on some of those missionary journeys to encourage Christian communities in what we now know as Turkey and, and Greece. And he was there during Paul's imprisonment in Rome while Paul was waiting to be tried. And Luke may well have been there when Paul was martyred. Luke must have been a great comfort, a great encouragement to Paul. Like Paul, he was well-educated, and so they would have had many shared interests and a lot to talk about. Luke enjoyed writing. He kept a sort of travel journey, and we have it in the New Testament in the Acts of the Apostles. And he wrote his own version of the Jesus story. We have his Gospel as well. And as a doctor, a physician, Luke would have looked after Paul. In Colossians chapter 4, verse 14, Paul refers to Luke as the beloved physician. And I imagine that those early Christians who were around Luke and Paul, when they were sick, made appointments to see Dr. Luke. And I expect he was kept busy prescribing medications, sewing up wounds, binding broken bones, sedating pain, and trying his very best to help people cope with all the inevitable slowing down and seizing up that comes with ageing. My guess is that Luke was a pretty capable doctor, and I'm sure that he knew that everyone needs healing in some way, and that most healing happens outside the doctor's rooms. Healing is about giving people hope in the bewildering, unpredictable swirl of wonder and dread, beauty and pain, love and grief we all have to endure because we live in the world as the world is. Healing is about helping people find the courage to struggle with that mix of what's good and what's evil, what's creative and what's destructive, that lies deep within every human heart. Everyone needs healing, and healing means different things for different people. Now in some churches you might be asked to turn and talk to your neighbours. We're not going to do that. But I am going to ask you to try and answer these questions in your own mind for yourself. What does healing look like for people who are so terrified by COVID-19, by the pandemic, that they've isolated themselves from almost everyone? What does healing look like 
for people who've been victims of sexual abuse or domestic violence, people whose scars are often more on the inside than the outside. What does healing look like for them? What does healing look like for folk who lose everything because of war or floods or fires or famine, and especially for those who have to start up again, perhaps in a strange land? What does healing look like for those who are stuffed full with the privileges of success and wealth and all the pleasures that money can buy? What does healing look like for them? What does healing look like for someone whose marriage has come apart or whose lifetime partner has died or whose children struggle with disability? What does healing look like for young people who are coming out of school and finding that they have little chance of stable employment, regular income, having to work perhaps more than one job just to stay off welfare? What does healing look like for them? And what does healing look like for people without any sense of an overall meaning or purpose or value for their lives. No awareness of being held in a love that can hold us close even in the toughest of times, with no hope for anything beyond this fleeting life. And I asked myself a question that's a question for each one of us. What would healing look like for me, for you? We wouldn't be surprised to find that it's Luke's Gospel that gives us Jesus' mission statement right at the start of his public ministry when he goes home and visits the synagogue in Nazareth. Do you remember how he quotes from the prophet Isaiah? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. And when he's finished, Jesus looks at the congregation and says, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, get on with it. Do something about it. Be instruments of healing and ask for your own healing. And that sermon almost caused a riot. And the Gospel writers tell us that Jesus survived and he went on to exercise a ministry that brought healing to all sorts of people. He touches lepers who have to live outside their towns and villages. He hangs out with women who've ended up as sex workers. He's not afraid to get close to people who are demon-possessed 
that ancient code for what we call mental illness. He shares food and drink, not just with undesirables, but also with important people who are well satisfied with life, people who are confident about being respected in community and being right with God. He tells stories about little people. He gathers people around him and talks about farm labourers, slaves, street beggars, housewives, fishermen. Why? Because he has a special care for little people. And he engages with foreigners, Roman officers, Samaritan women, and with Jews like the tax agent Zacchaeus, who's sold out to the Romans. Do you see a pattern running through that? Again and again, Jesus crosses boundaries that we set up, boundaries that divide people and feed indifference, prejudice, fear, hatred, and sometimes violence. He crosses those barriers. He's not frightened to be with dodgy people or people whose race or religion or politics or state of mind or body are different from what's safe and familiar. He's not put off by any of that. He enjoys being with people who are different. He treats them with respect, even though sometimes he has very challenging things to say to them. It's like he values everyone. Everyone counts. Why? Because that's how God is towards all of us. And Jesus is a window into God for us and for the world. And so thinking of one of Luke's best-known parables, one of his best-known stories, and I won't tell you what it is, you'll figure it out. Sometimes we are like robbers who harm others to get what we want. We hurt other people for our own advantage. We do it in thought, we do it in word, we do it in deed. Sometimes we just do not care. And sometimes we are like a man beaten up and lying at the side of the road, wounded, needing help, needing healing. Sometimes we are like fellow travellers who pass by on the other side. We choose not to get involved. We choose to play it safe. And sometimes we find ourselves reaching across barriers, taking risks, ignoring taboos, overcoming our fear, not worrying about what others might think, and bringing healing to someone who might seem very different from us. So Sunday by Sunday, as we gather to offer our Eucharist, we're invited to pray for our own healing and to ask for grace to be healers for other people. The old Book of Common Prayer has a collect for St. Luke that goes like this. Almighty God, 
who inspired Luke the physician to proclaim the love and healing power of your Son. Give your church, here we are, give your church by the grace of the Spirit and the medicine of the Gospel the same love and power to heal. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. And I reckon Dr. Luke would happily join us all in saying Amen to that.